Coming up on Studios America, Glenn Beck joins me to talk about the mafia, but not one full of Sopranos or Gambinos or Gabagools and the like. A new kind of mafia, I'll get into that tonight. My segment on Loudoun County last night must have struck a chord because I have a major update on that story. And Joe Biden has announced his plan to combat gun crime in the United States, or that's what he wants you to think. We all know what he's really battling, so let's do Biden versus the Second Amendment. Stu does America. Joe Biden had a big speech today. Did you watch it? I hope you did. You go to my Instagram page. I did some live commentary uh, and we covered a bunch of the speech. Uh, there at Studios America. You can always check that out, subscribe, and click on the link in the bio. We'll give you a, a, a kind of a pass to everything that we do here. But Biden was out uh, talking about gun crime, and this is what Democrats do when they want to talk about crime. They can't just talk about crime because to admit that there's a crime problem in this country would usually lead people to believe that perhaps more policing is necessary. It's not really the path they want to take, though that it was mentioned briefly in the speech uh, today. You have to say gun crime because then you can make guns the enemy. And that is something they're very good at. They do that all the time. There's always a way to paint the weapon as the problem. And so we saw Biden come out and talk about the Second Amendment. And what's so interesting about the Second Amendment is that it is really, when you look at the core of it, it's very difficult to find a way out of what it is telling you. It says, shall not be infringed. There's just not a way for sensible gun regulation to really pass through that little uh, needle hole. I mean, it's just, there's no room. You can't thread it. There's nowhere to go. Now, you can go and play around the edges and you can say, well, well-regulated. Uh, sure, that meant something different when, when they you know, came up with the Second Amendment, but, but what if we apply a new meaning to it? You can try that. You say, well, militia, I mean, uh, what if we ignore all the writings of the time and say it means something totally different? You can try that. They've tried it. It's gone through the courts, been rejected. This has been, they've tried all these things. And so Joe Biden is coming out today and saying, well, uh, what I want to do is just kind of like, let me come up with a word, infringe on your rights to own a weapon. It's not something you can do in the United States of America, thankfully, by the way, and it's why the world's oldest constitution resides here. It's a good, good reason for it. Uh, he did do the one argument that drives me crazy every single time I hear it, which is, oh, people say the Second Amendment's for defending yourself against the government. Well, I hope you have some F-15s. I hope you have some bazookas, because the government's got big weapons. Okay, what this is supposed, this is designed to make you do, is to come up with like a scene in a movie and so it's funny, every time I talk about this, I come up with a scene from like, I think it was the, the Mel Gibson movie, Patriot, The Patriot, where he's like at the end of a, of a long like road in the middle of a, of a field and then all of a sudden the troops are coming down and he's trying to defend himself. They're trying to paint this picture of you defending yourself against the entire military. Now, you're, this is true. There's a, a small nugget of this argument, which is true, that if the government came and decided they wanted to kill you, no matter what arsenal you have, of course, they could do it. They could nuke every city, right? And that's what they want to say, like, oh, well, you're going to lose. Well, if they nuke every city, what are they ruling? What is the point of ruling a country with a bunch of nuked cities? 
There's no reason to do this. And, and anyone who thinks that I mean, the U.S. military is better than any military that has ever existed in the history of the world. They have all the best technology. They have all the best people. I mean, the, the best among us are, are uh, serving in our military right now. But it's really freaking hard to fight a war going door to door against a relatively heavily armed populace. Uh, when we go door to door in the middle of Afghanistan, it's really hard. When we go door to door in Iraq, it's really hard. Imagine going door to door in Chicago. Imagine going door to door every single day uh, when you're going through a, a country with 400 million guns. You'd never do it. That's the point of the Second Amendment. It's not the point that we're going to fight off the military. And everyone's going to be at the end of their, their field and their dirt road and, and just firing back at tanks as they approach. But no government would ever even attempt to roll through city to city because they know there's 400 million guns. As long as they stay out there, it's impossible to roll over the country. It's impossible to, to take the freedoms of this country unless they're given up beforehand. And that's why the Second Amendment is so freaking important. The Second Amendment is there so you never have to use it. The Second Amendment is there so that if the government ever tries to crack down, there's no way they can functionally do it. And of course, it's also there to protect yourself from criminals. It's also there for you to, you know what? It's there for you to just have a freaking cool looking gun. It's there for all of these reasons. And you can't infringe it, which is why there is no common sense gun control. It's not a thing. So today he went to a speech and Biden, uh, he is uh, basically only talked about a couple of things. Uh, this is, I think, is this Politico? I think he wrote this article. Give you a quick rundown here. President Joe Biden has relegated his public remarks on domestic policies to two topics, COVID-19 pandemic and the economy. But rising murder rates over the past year and a potential for a summer spike in violent crime have prompted him to wade into much thornier political territory and unveil a new strategy to combat rising gun violence. And we should look, stop and, and take a moment to think about what has happened with the Biden presidency so far. Joe Biden has been president for what, six months? What has he accomplished? Can you name anything? The only thing really he was able to push through was a widely popular COVID funding bill at the peak of pi pandemic deaths. Uh, he was able to you know, put through some more funding. Now, a lot, there's a lot of crap in there, but generally speaking, the American people were like, all right, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I guess you can have some more money. Since then, really nothing. I mean, he hasn't really accomplished much of anything. Uh, he's been trying to get this infrastructure bill passed, and now he's going to try to do something about crime. Crime has gotten much, much worse over the past year or two, and uh, they, it has gone you know, through the roof in so many big cities. A lot of this has to do, I believe, and we went through this on Monday's program. Go back and watch Monday's program. Don't want to miss that one. Uh, it goes through a study about BLM and the effect BLM has uh, had on communities where protests erupted. This is before 2020. We're talking 2013 to 2019. And what they basically found, to give you the summary, is that for every death basically prevented by some uh, uh, police officer shooting someone, justified or not, uh, it cost about uh, six, or was it three to 20, somewhere between three and 20 uh, deaths of murders, basically civilians murdering each other because, you know, the police aren't around all that much anymore. So I guess we could just do what we, we want to do. Uh, it's a lot more complicated than that. You can watch the entire monologue if you want to go back and check it out. Uh, the point being, though, that this is, a, this is a scenario that he has to address, and he realizes that this problem is big enough that he can't just sit back 
and fall asleep. Now, in, during the speech, I will say he almost fell asleep multiple times. So I don't want to say that he's wide awake, but he, he did show up to the speech. He stood up there for a good 20 minutes, took like one or two full questions before you know, wandering off to, you know, whatever oval teen, you know, snack he was about to have. Let me give the five points that he's uh, introduced here uh, during the speech tonight. Five points from the White House. Number one, stem the flow of firearms used to commit violence, including by holding rogue firearms dealers accountable for violating federal laws. So you're saying rogue firearm dealers are violating federal laws and you want to hold them accountable. So what I think to summarize, you want to enforce the laws that already exist. Wow, that is <laughs> wow. I mean, you want to talk about an innovative approach. Uh, there it is. By the way, he also went into this long speech about how, you know, I talked to one of the guys in our roundtable and they said, hey, have you noticed all the crime seems to be in the cities where the toughest gun laws are? Uh, could that be an issue? And he said, no, that's that's malarkey. In case you were wondering, that is malarkey. Why is it malarkey? Well, a lot of these guns are coming in from outside of those cities. From where? Many of them are stolen. And I don't know if you know this. There's a law against theft. You can't just steal guns, but people seem to continue to do it for some reason. Another thing, uh, when you're talking about guns coming in from out of the cities, a lot of these guns come in uh, with gangs, and all, it's mostly gang violence that we're talking about anyway. Um, but one of the main sources of these weapons are weapons coming over the border from South America. Now, you are a party that is arguing against almost every border protection available, but you're saying that that somehow passing nationwide gun laws or passing new gun restrictions is going to stop guns from coming into our cities. They'll just come over the border. You can't have an open border and argue for any of this. It's all nonsense. You also you got to do something else before you do any of this stuff. Of course, repeal the Second Amendment. But beyond that, if you have no border protections, you're going to have guns anyway. And I will note minor issue here there's already 400 million guns in the country the problem with killing people is not access to weapons even if you took half of them off of the streets half which is completely impossible it's impossible it's not going to happen uh australia did 20 percent of their weapons with a giant buyback program and even that is completely impossible with our culture here but even if you somehow manage to do it there's still hundreds of millions of weapons it's just a ridiculous approach here and it would not work. Number two of Biden's five point gun prevention plan. Uh, support local law enforcement with federal tools and resources to help address the summer violent crime. This is a big theme of the speech. They blamed the weather. You know, it get, gets hot. So people are out there killing each other because of, you know, the weather. Now, look. Yes, it's, it is true that violent crime does tend to go up during the summer, but I just don't think that addressing it, uh, uh, weather-based solutions are really the ones that do it. It's basically people don't want to go out and commit crimes in the cold because just like everybody else, people are wusses and they don't want to be out in the cold. This is why Jesse Smollett never made any sense. It's too cold to go out and, and wear a MAGA hat and throw a fake noose around someone that they wear for the next 12 hours. It's too freaking cold in Chicago. 
So yes, there's something to the fact that yes, summer does bring more crime, but that is every year. The point here is it's spiking much more than normal. They're trying to push this off to normal patterns. The same thing they did at the border. Oh, well, we always see uh, spikes around this time. Yeah, but not spikes like this. That's the problem. Uh, I will say I did not hear him mention global warming as the cause of the gun violence, which actually surprised me. Uh, Biden's uh, point number three, invest in evidence-based community violence interventions. I mean, some of this is okay. Uh, he mentioned these uh, these uh, systems they have now that can detect where gunshots came from, uh, which are pretty useful. If you have a, I mean, of course, the person's already shot, but it does help you solve some of the crimes. And if you find someone, here's the thing: when you find someone who did commit one of these crimes, maybe keep them off the streets. That's the crazy idea. You keep releasing these people over and over and over again. You keep showing that when you commit a crime, you don't stay in prison. So I don't know how any of this stuff is going to help, but they're going to try to do this. They're going to throw money at it and create more programs. Go play basketball after school, everybody. That should solve it. Uh, but point number four, expand summer programming. Again, it's all about summer. The damn heat is killing people. Uh, expand summer programming, employment opportunities, and other services, and support for teenagers and young adults. You can't get non-criminals to go to work right now. You're going to get criminals to go? You can't get people. I, we have a, uh, we have, I mean, we've got businesses all over the place. A friend of mine sent their daughter to go work at a fast food restaurant. They haven't opened up the dining room yet. Why? Because of COVID, right? No, they can't get enough people to staff the freaking dine-in restaurant. No one wants to work because we keep paying people to stay at home. So good luck doing that. A criminal is not going to go to work. In, okay, okay five, part number five. Do I even have to finish these points? Point number five, help formerly incarcerated individuals successfully re-enter their communities. The problem with criminals is they're re-entering communities often through the back door or broken windows far too often. That's the problem. So I guess, look, it's always good to make sure if someone gets released from prison, we don't just throw them back into their life of crime. As he pointed out, we don't just have them go back to the bridge they were living under. I don't think the issue is that criminals are living under bridges and therefore are going to commit crimes because of their bridge dwelling. I don't think that's the issue, but you know, Joe, who did stay awake through this entire section, uh, I guess knows better than us. Look, the bottom line is all of these things are things, I mean, look, helping people with community programs, there are some that actually do some good. Uh, policing in smart, in smart ways is something that can do some good. And we've seen some benefits in some communities with these approaches. But the bottom line is when you start getting into gun control, you're doing something that's against the Constitution. If you want to do those things, you can do them. You can do them in this country. You can restrict gun ownership. You can. People say you can't. You absolutely can. You can take all the guns away. All you have to do is first repeal the Second Amendment. Then you have to go state to state and somehow pass a new amendment that bans all weapons. And then you just have to deal with the 400 million that are on the street. Good luck with that. You can do it. It's legally possible, but not exactly fruitful. Back in a second. Trying to buy or sell a home in times like this can be challenging. It also can be awesome if you're selling because you probably, if you bought a house six months ago, you could be up 20, 30, 40%. That's crazy. Uh, it's not supposed to happen and you don't know how long it's gonna last. So if you're selling, you wanna make sure you're getting the best price possible. Take advantage of this big market that's going on. 
Secondarily, if you're buying a home, this is a time to be careful. You don't want to overspend. You don't want to be upside down with your house. If you're buying your first house, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm going to go for it. I mean, look, everyone, the, these prices are going to go up forever. Get a real estate agent you can trust. Someone who can walk you through and say, you know what? This house is not worth this much money. And if you go and you overextend to get it, you're going to be in a world of hurt at some point in the future. Don't put yourself in that position. You need someone who's going to talk with sober logic to you to make sure that you do the right thing in a market like this. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Joining me once again, Supreme Overlord Glenn Beck. His new special airs tonight immediately after this program, 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. It's called the mm. Meat Mafia. Uh, which is a great name for a restaurant, by the way. <laughs> a great, the great reset of food. Uh, Glenn, thanks for coming on the program. <laughs> it is a good name for a restaurant, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the Meat Mafia. You know, this name actually came from, uh, I, I am a rancher in the summer. When I say I'm a rancher, I'm not. I'm the kind of guy, I'm a farmer and a rancher, that I get into the big tractor and I start cutting the alfalfa, and then about halfway through, I'm like, okay. And I turn the tractor off, and I walk off, and he's like, you can take it from here. Uh, so I'm not really a rancher, but I am surrounded by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a few years ago, um, I heard the, the, the cattlemen up in this area start talking about how uh, there was this meat mafia, that, the, that, 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 it was, that the processing plants are becoming the mob. And you take it or leave it. And the price of cattle kept going down. And they had an excuse. It was a fire. Oh, it was a uh, it was a a processing plant went down. Oh, it was COVID. Now, what is it this year? What is it this year? They have all of these excuses on why the meat keep keeps going up and why the processors uh, are buying cattle for less and less money every time. So the ranchers are being squeezed. These four giant companies are making record profits and you're paying high prices at the supermarket and you don't really know why. Well, tonight we show you why. And it's bad. Very bad. You know, as a uh, as as you were talking about this on radio earlier today, I thought, you know, I was born in New York. I grew up in Connecticut and I'm America's only conservative vegetarian. So I have absolutely no understanding of any of these issues at all. But we obviously understand that it's it's an important uh, we're talking about feeding the country here. And when you start yeah, screwing it's, with it's, that, it it's gets be- dangerous. Yeah, it's beyond it, it's beyond just beef. Um, remember, these are the food processors, the four biggest meat food processors uh, in the country. And two of them uh, are. Uh, owned by foreign nations. One of them is owned by China. That's really not a good thing. We've seen what happens when we have given too much away to China. We don't have access to our own vaccines. We, we, we have all of these shortages in chips. China is controlling everything. This is a, a very bad situation. You have four companies. One was hit by ransomware. The other ones are saying we can't get anybody to work there. You have no local access to meat anymore. Here I am surrounded by beef. I mean, cows are everywhere around me. 
and I go into the local grocery store and I can't get beef ribs. Why? Because there's no local processing plants. There are these four plants and they are colluding with each other. Beyond that, two of the plants are the ones responsible for the impossible burger. And the JBS, which is the biggest single uh, manufacturer, and uh, I believe that's the one owned by China, um, they are the CEO has come out and said, Meat's going to be a luxury item that very few people can afford in the near future. Why? We have plenty of beef. We have plenty of meat. It's because they are putting their money into vegetable meat, and they are squeezing the farmer out. It's not good. Uh, it's not good. You mentioned the Impossible Burger. Um, it, it, these plants, are they actually, when you say Impossible Burger, are you saying just generally plant-based meat, or are you saying specifically that company? Yes. No, I'm I'm specifically talking about that kind of meat, not okay. not the brand. Okay, okay, I just wanted yeah. to make sure I understood that. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, when you when you talked about one of the thing, one of the factors you talk about here is um, the, the 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 Biden sort of future uh, uh, view of the economy, right? The infrastructure plan can play into this. The tax plan plays into this. Is it essentially just incentivizing this activity to go down the same road? Yeah, it is. It is everywhere. The farmers are being squeezed everywhere through the inheritance tax, which we will show you tonight, which it will kill the average farmer. They will not be able to afford somebody who dies and passes the farm on. It will have to be sold. Um, so you have the tax plan. You also have the uh, Department of Agriculture now, which should be helping farmers. But what is their main priority? Climate change. And so they are now working on things that farmers can grow besides meat. Mm, okay. <laughs> so now we have the agricultural department now squeezing the ranchers as well. You are going to lose the, the food security that we have always had. We are going to be told what we can eat, what we can't eat. Having a ranch like I have and having cattle on your ranch is going to be a thing of the past the spirit of the west is that cowboy that is going to absolutely be dead if we don't stand up now and you have a uh, christine noam on the show tonight is that right yeah she's she, she is leading the way um along with a couple of other governors there are about four states i think it's montana wyoming uh, I can't remember in South Dakota, and they are demanding that not only the federal government investigate this meat mafia, these four companies, um, but also she is leading the way on making sure that we have local processing plants. And she is urging all uh, all states to follow suit and start to rebuild their processing plants and getting local um, uh, local support and local meat. She's also done something else. It was against the law to sell um, meat across state lines without a USDA uh, label, which you had to go through one of the approved processing plants. Well, there's a new label out that is now making it legal to be able to process meat in your own state and then sell it across state lines, which will help competition uh, and and hurt these 
companies, if they don't choke the blood out of all of the farmers and the ranchers, it will um, help with uh, some sort of competition, which will drive the prices down for the very first time in history. The price of cows has gone down and the price of meat has gone up. There is no reason for that. That is not a free market. If the price of cows uh, is going down, the price of meat should be going down. What's happening is there's plenty of cows, but these four corporations are are suppressing that and driving the cattlemen out of business. It is the mob, and it's got to stop. It's such a strange time. I mean, with issues around this and the economy as well, I don't know if it's coming out of COVID. I don't know how much the Great Reset is playing into it or how many other things are as well. Let me give you this example so, of this quickly, Glenn. We had uh, over vacation. I was here for a few days, and I wanted to bring my – I had a craving for this one sports bar I like, and I was going to bring my son. We are going to watch some games, eat some terrible food. Uh, and so we went there. There's a sign on the door that says they have an upcharge for chicken wings because of the chicken wing shortage, which I didn't know was a thing. And then in addition, they're closing at nine o'clock at night. Now, this is a sports bar and there's these long lines. and couldn't get in there because they're closing at nine o'clock at night and they're cutting off all the food and everything. Finally got in there uh, one night and they said, uh, the reason they're closing at nine o'clock at night is because they can't get any employees. They can't staff the restaurant mm-hmm. to stay open to, for normal times. So it's a bizarre time for us. All of these things are coming from the government. The shortage of workers is because they're paying people to stay home. There's a fast food restaurant in uh, in Texas. I think it might be Whataburger. Mm. They are paying teenagers $50,000 a year to be the manager. Teenagers. Jeez. Because they can't get anybody else to do it. So there is a shortage of labor, but that's caused by the government. There is a shortage of lumber, but that is also caused by the government because they have an export tax or an import tax on lumber from Canada. Why would you do that when lumber prices are through the roof? We also have more raw lumber, more more trees, more places that can uh, are waiting for us that are waiting to be cut that the government is not allowing them to be cut now. Why? Why? Everything that is being done is to herd us in to a uh, into a cattle chute. And believe me, uh, you don't want to be in that cattle chute. I know what happens once you go through that uh, as a rancher. You don't want to be in that. And no. that's exactly what's happening on all of these fronts. Uh, you know, Glenn, to help me put together this long term picture here for a second, because I keep thinking about this. We have uh, prices going through the roof when it comes to our food. We have prices going through the roof when it comes to our housing. We have, you know, shortages everywhere. Friend of mine had his daughter. Prices going through the roof for medicine. For medicine, uh, my a friend of mine's daughter just got a job at Chick Fil A, and they haven't opened up their uh, internal, uh, you know, the internal restaurant mm-hmm. part of it yet. They're just doing the drive-through, mm-hmm. and people are getting annoyed. They're like, "Come on, don't be ridiculous with your COVID restrictions and all this." It's not that they don't have any workers to staff the actual dining room Correct. anymore. All of this is going Correct. on, and we have. Um, money being printed like crazy and no one who's actually working. 
there, the end of this, uh, this feels like a cattle shoot. <laughs> At the end, it seems it like is. there's going to be something ugly there. It is. You, you have the collapse of the U.S. dollar coming and, and a shoot again into the U.S. digital dollar, which we talked about on radio today. Um, that is on the end of this. The fundamental transformation of America. You are, you are likely, likely to see the end of the 4th of July holiday and have it replaced by Juneteenth in five years, eight years, ten years. There's not going to be anybody left that wants to celebrate uh, the 4th of July. Um, Just what was it last week? There were all those people that were saying that the flag was a representation of uh, oppression and it was white supremacy. We've been hearing this and trying to take our national anthem down. And the flag represents you five years away from not having a single American tradition and a single thing that you recognize in America and the people in the center of the country, you need to understand it is your lifestyle that is under attack right now. And the worst thing we can do is to react violently or as we talked about today on critical race theory, it's really bad in Loudoun County, Virginia. It is probably the worst in Loudoun County where these uh, local county officials are becoming absolute dictators. And some people are standing up and they're doing the right thing by standing up. But two people were arrested and they resisted arrest. Don't resist arrest. Anything that you do that makes you look crazy, makes you look violent, it will be used. January 6th is the example that the only example that we should ever need everybody's got to be very careful on what they do tonight you can go to usabeef.com and you can find a way to join with others to help break up this monopoly you can also listen to christy gnome who will tell you what you need to do and ask your governor and your state reps to do at the state house level and the local level you've got to do these things now because time is running short all right one last one here before i let you go uh loudon county is interesting we did a segment on it last night and one of the problems in loudon county is you had a generally right uh red sort of county that voted for mitt romney voted for john mccain voted for george w bush and had always been a sort of red county by, you know, five, ten points. Uh, they voted for Joe Biden by, I think it was 25. This is a, this is, we've had a massive change, not just in the people who are there, but also tons of new people moving in that have moved the state, not even really to purple, but to a, a pretty blue state. And you're getting the people who have always lived in this county coming up against the, the newer people and people who have changed their mind. And we're talking about massive, massive conflict. Uh, and, and even a lot of the Biden voters there are on the side. Uh, what I would argue is the good guy's side here fighting against critical, critical race theory. These sort of battles are developing in suburbs all around the country, and it's, it's changing the fabric of the country. It is doing exactly what the White House and the Marxist critical race theory wanted it to do. It separates us even more. It makes the other, uh, whatever other that is, whichever side it is, it makes the other the enemy. 
Um, that doesn't end any place good. Um, it's why we need to find the common ground with the people who may have voted differently than us, but they do look at critical race theory. I mean, that is the that is probably the best place to start is critical race theory because it's affecting our children. And when your children are truly affected, when they are coming home with this nonsense, um, you've got to stand up and you can find allies that don't necessarily agree with you on everything else. This is a great rallying point. And obviously, it is extremely important to the left or they wouldn't be doing what they're doing to discredit people and now saying critical race theory. It's not even in schools. It's not being taught. It's an esoteric idea that was taught in Harvard. Nobody even learns it. They are lying. And uh, luckily, I think the media's credibility is almost at zero. <laughs> Very true. Glenn Beck, the new special and the new drive-in restaurant, the Meat Mafia. Uh, the great reset of food is uh, going, coming up tonight. Be sure to stay tuned right after. Gonna this make program. you a burger you can't refuse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is Glenn. This you come is a to winner me for meat on the day of my daughter's wedding. What? This is a winner, Glenn. I, I think we abandoned the broadcast. It's a winner. Thing I know. For that. I know. Uh, <laughs> Glenn, thanks so much. Uh, don't forget to uh, watch the special. Of course, you get all of Glenn's specials, all of our content as well at Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com/stu. Enter the promo code stu. That's how they know. You like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks back in a second. There are hundreds of companies out there claiming to compare auto and home insurance rates. Uh, this is a common thing for people to try to suck you in on. But there's only one who actually does it right. Get better insurance with Gabby. Uh, and I know I've gone through the whole process with Gabby. Uh, you use your current policy and you find a better policy comparing your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, all the big ones. Uh, and you can use your current inf insurance information to get started. This is one of the key things that Gabby does really well. That like if I if you were to ask me, like, what's your coverage level? Maybe I could find out some of the big highlights, but I don't know all the details. I'm not looking at my insurance policy every day. Uh, this with Gabby, they just let you import all of the details. You can get the exact same coverage and see if you can get it for a lower price. Gabby's customers save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls, at least not that they're responsible for. You'll get them from other people for sure. Put your policy to the uh, test like I did. I've done gone through this. Get your better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash Stu. It's G-A-B-I dot com slash Stu. G-A-B-I dot com slash Stu. Check it out now. It's Gabby.com slash Stu. John McAfee, a former president, presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party, uh, he also uh, was one of the first antivirus uh, software pioneers, uh, died today. Um, he was in a prison in Spain, and uh, the report was that it was an apparent suicide. Now, <laughs> John McAfee was uh, a wild man. Uh, he was. We've, we've had him on the air before. Uh, he was... He has a an amazing history if you go back to like what he, what would happen in Belize with him he was accused of murder uh, it's a wild history uh, he had been kind of bragging about how he had 
uh, basically he was not going to pay taxes. Uh, he was in prison. He was going to be extradited. That ruling came down earlier today, and then later today he turned up dead in his cell. Now, a lot of people are turning up old tweets from McAfee, including this one. Uh, it says, getting subtle messages from U.S. officials, in effect saying, uh, we're coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill, we're going to kill yourself, basically saying that. They're going, to make, they're going to say that you killed yourself, but they're going to kill you. Um, got a tattoo today just in case. If I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. Check my right arm. And his arm, uh, which is kind of cut off there, actually says whacked uh, is the tattoo uh, she got. So people are saying maybe, uh, you know, there's definitely going to be a, a little bit of trending with John McAfee did not kill himself. I will say McAfee was, uh, he was crazy, man. He was crazy. Uh, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a questionable way, uh, but he, he he brought a lot of livelihood to the internet, I will say, and uh, he very much lived to kind of play with people's heads, so who knows what the heck is going on with this one. Another guy who has lived quite a life is one Hunter Biden. New story out, uh, this one from the New York Post, again with stuff from Hunter Biden's laptop. It is amazing what this guy was doing. I, I, I didn't know people... <laughs> lived lives like this. I want to give you this story. This is May 2018. Hunter Biden trawling through his favorite Los Angeles escort sites. He orders Yana, a 24-year-old Russian native from Emerald Fantasy Girls. If you're still, ha if you have kids in the room and you're still listening to this show right now, now is the time probably to go the other direction. Skip ahead a little bit. Uh, Russian, green eyes, thin brunette uh, uh, and it is Yana's pitch with uh, a menu of sex acts. Hi, my name is Rob, Robert Hunter Biden, by the way. I'm staying at Chateau Mormont. Chateau Mormont is, uh, is where, like, Belushi died. Like, it's like a famous hotel uh, for kind of craziness. Um, Yana goes to the cottage. Uh, they smoke crack together. They drink vodka, have sex, make porn. He balances a line of M&Ms on his junk and takes photographs of it, which is a, it's a fun trick. We gotta have at least good balance, I would think. Uh, Yana stays for a couple of days and wants to be paid. The problem is Hunter's debit cards aren't working, and she's not leaving without the eight thousand dollars he owes her for the extended callout. Now, again, this is all in messages, text messages, pictures, everything on his laptop. He transfers eight thousand dollars. It does not work. A few minutes later, he gets a fraud detection alert. He tries to get it to work again, does not work again. Uh, finally, pulls out another card. Finally, works. Then the next day, as he he crashes and sleeps. A bunch of money starts coming out of his account. Uh, this is all documented on his own laptop. $8,000 was recorded leaving at 1022. Then $2,000 more from a different account. Then 3,500 at 1059. At 11, another 8,000. At 1103, another 3,500. About $25,000 moves in just an hour. He doesn't know what's going on. He's trying to claim the money back from the escort. Another bizarre set of circumstances. And they think, potentially, a Secret Service agent actually got involved, and maybe Joe Biden actually paid for some of this. Maybe unknowingly, they don't know. Uh, so anyway, there's a book coming out about what's on the laptop. That's going to blow everybody's mind. Look forward for that later this year. Back in a second. Protein bars are terrible. They taste like sawdust. When they first came out, I remember thinking, like, why would anyone eat this? And they're like, well, it's really made for, like, climbers. If you're, like, a rock climber, 
then you're, you know, you're, you gotta have that in your pocket. So you're, cause you're in the middle of nowhere and you have to have something to eat that's calorie dense. Okay, uh, but they don't taste good. I can have, there's lots of food that's calorie dense that tastes good. Well, Bilt Bars, they're long past that those days now. Bilt Bars know, they know how to come up with legit great flavors that taste fantastic. How about coconut almond, uh, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Plus they have all these new flavors that just, you know, they pop in whenever they come up with new ideas. They're always just coming up with new innovations, which I love. Uh, they get, uh, they have the mixed box, by the way. Try two of each of the nine flavors. And they're healthy. We're talking 130 calories for these things. They taste like candy bars. 17 grams of protein, only four grams of net carbs. You gotta try these things. Built Bar, now available at built.com. They got a new URL. Built.com. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code Stu15 and save 10% off your first order. Stu15 for 10% off at Built.com. Go there now. Built.com. Promo code is Stu15. Yesterday, we talked to Nate Hotchman about Loudoun County in Virginia and how these dynamics that have been playing out over the past few years and now around critical race theory are starting to bubble up and we could see something explosive happen. Well, last night it exploded. Uh, right as we were airing this segment, uh, there were arrests at a public comment period in Loudoun County. Uh, there were people dragged out of there. The crowd started singing Star Spangled Banner. Uh, I mean, it, it, really this whole situation is, is, is getting to the point where it's out of control. And it comes to a, from a place from parents who just say, I want my kids to be treated equally based not on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. This is a basic, basic ask, I feel like, in the United States of America in 2021, but apparently it's controversial now. Uh, what we do know is that there is a legitimate grassroots movement of parents pushing back against this. The media is trying to tell you this is all fake. They don't know this is all just, you know, controlled from the top in the Republican Party. It's not true. Parents are pissed off about this, including a lot of Democrats. They don't want their kids taught to judge people on the color of their skin. So this is happening in real time. We'll have more as it develops. Look, I, th this is CBS News. I think it's real, but I got to tell you, it doesn't feel like the story could possibly be real. Ikea, at least one Ikea in Atlanta, decided they were going to do a celebration of Juneteenth. They said they were going uh, to, to honor the perseverance of black Americans and acknowledge the progress yet to be made. We observed Juneteenth on Saturday, June 19th. Uh, we'll be honoring, uh, showcasing a compilation of videos in honor of Juneteenth, and we'll have a special menu. I swear to you, this is what they did. The menu was fried chicken, watermelon, mac and cheese, potato salad, spelled like Dan Quayle spells potato, collard greens, and candied yams. How could this possibly be a true story? This can't be true. First of all, my understanding is Ikea, they only sell Swedish meatballs and lingonberries. That's all I, I, that's the only, I don't know what lingonberries are, but they're the only place I've ever seen them. And Swedish meatballs, it's, they do have them there. And I remember from back in the day when I used to eat Swedish meatballs, they were delicious. That being said, the, the manager is saying like, look, we asked some of the employees and they said this would be, these would be, this would be great food uh, for, for, to celebrate Juneteenth. I, what employees, Richard Spencer and David Duke? Uh, 
Well, they see they're great employees. They show up every day. They usually have a bunch of crosses in the back of their truck, though, and they're wearing hoods. But they show up every day, and they suggested these foods. I, I swear to you, it's true. We like to say that everything is racist around here, but sometimes 